0: Hey friends, welcome to the Not About Me podcast. I'm your host, Kay Taylor, and I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Well, we're in a series talking about a month of moms, and today we have a special guest who's going to tell you about raising a teenager and raising twin three-year-olds and just the struggle of fertility in between those two. So let's get started on the Not About Me podcast. Your husband's the online pastor for Harvest. Yep. And then you're chasing around the littles around the church. I see you all the time. <laughs> and then you help lead worship on Wednesdays, which I think are amazing to have live worship. Yeah, it's a good thing. And it's stripped down with just keys and guitar. And I yeah. just love that. So anyway, enough of me introducing you. Just whatever you want to share with with everyone you can share.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm Wendy Broyles. She already said that. Mm-hmm. Um Jonathan and I will celebrate 18 years on Woo-hoo. the 4th of July. That's awesome. So I tell people that 2005 was really a big year for us, for me especially, but you know, for us. But so I met Jonathan in January of 2005. We had our first date on Valentine's Day, but uh-huh. it wasn't as a couple. It was a group of people from, from work. We worked together at a restaurant. We all went out after After the restaurant closed, we all went to eat at a different restaurant, and we celebrated singles awareness. That was our first date. So then I graduated with my bachelor's degree in May. We got married on the 4th of July, and Emma Grace was born in November. So you can do the math, and you can see that we got things a little out of order there. Well, that's, yeah. That happens a lot. It happens a lot, yeah. but God uses all things Absolutely. for our good and he yeah. we believe that he has redeemed all of that. We had some struggles, you know, like man, it's hard to go from being single and not having any responsibilities to now I'm married and I have to tell somebody where I'm going to go. I have to tell somebody that I spent this money at Walmart, you know, like it it was it was rough the first few years, sure, but he's a good man and he's got a really good family. And um, if I don't say anything else in the time that we have together, I need to say that Jonathan Broyles is my best friend and I love him very much. Yeah. And I could not be the mom that I am without his mom.
0: Yeah.
1: Dale Broyles Mm -hmm. is our daycare. She took care of Emma Grace. Emma Grace never went to daycare she wow, always yeah. always had Nana. That's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. And the twins have had Nana. Yeah. I mean, they're a lot. And they're, they're three. Wow.
0: Yeah. And they're busy.
1: <laughs> but Nana is awesome. And she yeah. takes care of them and she cooks and cleans and does the laundry. And when I'm home with them by myself, I'm just like, they're still alive. What else do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. We've made it through the day. <laughs> Right. Like they made it to the hour, whatever the day is going. Yeah. They've, they've eaten food, whether it was just mac and cheese, because Lucy only wants mac and cheese. Like it's, Abby went through that phase too. uh, It needs to be over. She, anyway, but Joseph loves everything. Like Mm. he's, he's a good eater. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's not about the food. It's about the holistic, right? It's everything. It's playing and learning and discipline and, I can, I can get frustrated. Sure. There's like a certain time at night. Like Jonathan and I are a little bit opposite yeah. in this way. Like we used to joke before the twins were born, like we could tell when it was 10 p.m. because he was like falling asleep on the couch. Uh huh. He's not that bad now because he's, he does the bath time. Like he's so good with that. Uh huh. They do what he tells them to do wash the hair, rinse the hair. Anyway, so he, he is the master of yeah. bath time and, getting the pajamas on and then they, they want me to like sing them to sleep and they really want to crawl into bed with us and, and sure. cuddle. Yeah. But anyway, so for me, 10 PM means that my, my temper gets like short, really short. And yeah. Like, I just stop being patient altogether. Mm-hmm. And so I need more grace from God to <laughs> handle bedtime better.
0: Oh no. Well, that, I feel like that's a hard age. <laughs> yeah. Just like the threes. Yeah. I feel like three to seven-ish. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Eight, nine, ten, they get a little bit more... Independent in ways. Independent, yep. They want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. They want to show you stuff. Mm -hmm. They have better conversations because they have more understanding of certain things. Right. And then they get a little bit older and it's even more fun. Of course, I haven't reached all the years that you have with Emma
1: Grace. Oh my goodness. Because she's how old? She's 17. Yeah. She's at the point where, like, she comes home from work, she goes to her room. Don't be mad at me for telling people this. You know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know she she's got a boyfriend. She's uh, got her life. Uh, she's doing a barrel race tomorrow night. Okay, uh, which doesn't really have a lot of bearing on the podcast being released okay. after, but. Anyway, so she, she's got things. She's got a horse trying to breed her horse, which Uh, is another whole like weird thing, but it's life, right? She, she loves horses. She always has. Pandemic year, we had twins and we bought a horse. It was, it was, it was another, another big year. It's like 2005 all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was another big year.
0: So how is parenting and being a mom different from 2005 to when you had the, the twins
1: in 2020? Well, a lot better relationship with God now than mm-hmm. then. Like I thought I knew, you know, when you're in your 20s, you think you know everything. You think you know everything. But you really don't. No. And I mean, in your 30s, you think you know everything and you really don't. Yeah. I think that every... I got one more year, so I'm holding on to that. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every age and stage is going to be like that. Uh-huh. It's better for me. I think I probably had less patience with Immigrace than I do with the twins, mm-hmm. but then there's two of them, so... They have to share the patience. Yeah. <laughs> Poor things. Um, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. They're I'm fine. not messing them up because God's going to use everything for their good, right? Absolutely. And they run around the church and they got different people talking to them. Yeah. and Yeah. Whether they talk back to them or That's not. That's right. It's yeah. Whatever.
0: They finally started to give me a high five.
1: Good. It took a long time to get there. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah.
0: You just got to show up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Joseph is usually the first one to come around, Lucy's a little slower. Yeah, it's okay. But don't mess with her brother. She will fight you. (laughs) It's funny on Wednesday night when I pick them up from Moana, that I always get stories about how she's the bossy one and he just does whatever she wants him to do. Uh Uh-huh. And like, they'll be picking colors for a coloring page and she tells him what color he wants. And that's the color he picks. Uh Uh-huh. And, And so the the teachers are always joking like he's got Stockholm syndrome because she's telling him what to do. She's bossing him around and then they get a snack and he offers his snack to her. And it's just like, sweet boy, you don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to cater to her. But then like he will fight. They fight. Uh They love each other, but they fight. But it's an interesting difference between the one 15 years earlier Uh and then the two now and with the pandemic, like, I don't, I don't think you can really compare, really, any kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have brothers and sisters? I have a younger sister, yeah. I mean, even with siblings, like, we know that we're different from our siblings. Yeah, yeah. Why would we ever expect our kids to That's true. be yeah. the same or do the same or mm-hmm. even react the same? And with with Emma Grace, like, there are times when I look at her and I see like a facial expression my brother would make when he was that age. And I'm just thinking, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) (laughs) That's mom talk, real talk right there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you think the Lord has shown you the most through your years of parenting? Like, especially with the age differences of the kids and, and just even like before the twins came along, like what was God teaching you about being a mom?
1: So... I would definitely say that the importance of kindness Mm -hmm. has really come to the forefront Mm -hmm. in a lot of my relationships, not just with family, but Mm -hmm. like even at work, like there was this saying I saw somewhere and it's like, always be kind because you never know what kind of battle somebody else is going through. Right, yeah. I've completely butchered that. But okay,
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like you just you don't know what's going on beneath the surface Mm -hmm. with people. Right. And I mean, I know. I don't tell everybody everything. Sure. They they could ask me and I probably would. Right. But like I wouldn't just volunteer. Like these are all the problems I'm having right now. And there are lots of people who are even more private about Mm -hmm. issues than Mm -hmm. I am. And so you just You don't know why somebody's reacting in the way they are. Right. And it's best to be kind because that's going to get you farther Mm -hmm. in the relationship and in whatever you're trying to do than if you just snap off. But if it's 10 PM, like, man, I'm going to not handle it very well. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. I need a little bit more grace, Lord. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But okay. So Emma Grace was 14 when the twins were born Mm -hmm. and we had tried for a really long time. Like, Everything happened really quickly when Emma Grace was sure, born. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so we we didn't want more for a little while.
0: Right, yeah, because you're fig- trying to figure out
1: married life. Right. And raising right. a baby, yeah. Right, and, you know, I'm the youngest. Jonathan's the oldest. Like, there are dynamics there that you just have to He's, figure out yeah. and navigate, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, we we didn't try mm-hmm. to have more kids for a, a minute. But then for about 10 years, like, we were not, like, seeking professional help or anything, yeah but i mean the end. not
0: trying to keep it from happening right anymore.
1: yeah right so i think it's called secondary infertility mm-hmm. like you've had a kid but then you, you're having trouble you can't mm-hmm. and we we just come off this conference with with church and when brian stood up and told the story that that he oh, and man. his wife had yeah and he did tell the story last year yeah and, and it still wrecked me right yeah. right and i still reacted like weeping right. listening to the story of how they had the, all these infertility issues and you guys can go back on YouTube and find Harvest Church Dothan and yes. listen to that episode. It is yeah. so good. Yeah. Was that Tuesday night? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Anyway, so for about 10 years, we tried and then finished uh, a degree and really wanted to get serious. Like I had been telling the gynecologist, he delivered him a grace. He was like, we were never supposed to. She wasn't supposed to be an only child. What, what are we doing here? You know, Yeah, yeah. do we want to have some conversations? So then one day I actually brought Jonathan with me just regular gynecology visit and the doctor's like, okay, this is, we're going to have the talk now. Right. Right. Okay. Uh So then I don't know, was it, um, I guess it was about a year, maybe two. We were really like, I was taking some medicine to Uh make me ovulate. I was tracking all kinds of crazy things that nobody, your husband doesn't want to know that you track that kind of stuff. Right. Like, um, So then we got to the point where it's like, okay, this is not working. I think I'm going to have to recommend you to a specialist. Mm. So we leave the doctor's office and Jonathan is, he's on the phone for like two, three hours talking to the insurance company about what kind of coverage we've got. Right. Basically. Okay. Basically they've covered what they're going to cover. Anything we do with the fertility specialist would be out of pocket. It's on
0: you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're like wrecked. We go to, the Walgreens on the way home on it was like a weeknight we go to the Walgreens we're picking up a prescription to make me ovulate we're picking up a pregnancy test I have to take before I can start the medicine and it was at the point where I didn't want to take pregnancy tests because i would taken so many that were negative yeah yeah it's
0: just like okay here yeah. I go again yeah
1: and so we also got like a frozen pizza and like a two liter coke so we're checking out and the, the lady that's checking us out is like, somebody's having a party tonight. And so we're <laughs> laughing and we give her like a really short version of the story. And she's like, well, let me just go ahead and tell you that test is going to be positive and you're not going to need this medicine. And we never found her again. Wow. So Okay. So we go home, we have our pizza and Coke and we just, you know, go to bed because I'm not, I want to take the test in the morning when it's the strongest chance yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's a, I remember it's a weekday because like I was in the bathroom by myself before anybody else was up and the Grace was waiting to get into the bathroom so she could get ready for school. Like she walks in and I'm crying and she's like, who died? <laughs> and I just show her that it's a positive test. Uh-huh. And so she starts crying and Aww. she goes to get Jonathan and he's like, what is wrong? I don't understand. Everybody's crying. And so we show him anyway it was a box of like three tests and I took every one of them over the course of the next however many days Uh that corresponded with the number of tests in the box. Yeah. And everyone was positive. And it was just like, what, what, like we, we had given up on anything helping us medically, but then God's like, you know what? You don't need fertility treatment. Here you go. Right. So, and the word from the cashier, Yeah. Who we never saw again. So was she an angel? I don't know shortly maybe even that weekend, we were on the way up to North Carolina for my brother's 40th birthday. So Mm. it's a big deal. My dad's going to be there. And we're like, well, this is when we just found out this news, but we're just going to go ahead and tell them because we've been waiting for so long. Yeah. We tell them and it's just like, okay. And my dad's like, well, it's going to be twins because twins are running the family. And not everybody knows this, but Jonathan was actually a twin. I did not know that. Yeah. So his mom didn't know she was pregnant until she had a miscarriage. (gasps) And that was the other twin. So at that, like, I don't remember five months along, I guess mm-hmm. she found out she was actually pregnant with Jonathan and his, his story, like taking his mom into surgery, they had to go ahead and cut her open and pull him out. And he wow. was the first baby and it's kind of a miracle that they ever had anymore, yeah. but they did. Um. So yeah. So oh. twins run in the family on both sides. And my dad was always like, well, oh, it's going to be twins. Um, And and it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a boy and a girl because that's that's the family tradition. Right. Like,
0: are you <laughs> believing him and putting any weight into what he's saying? Or are you so, kind of like, mm. OK,
1: so, you know, there are a couple things that would go through my mind, like. Wanting another baby, praying for another baby for however many years. Right. Like I would I would pray like. God, you know you know the desires of my our hearts to have another baby. You know that we want more kids, but immigration is enough mm-hmm. if that's your will, yeah. right? like and it was yeah. so hard to be like, so many people want kids, mm-hmm. and I've got one like I'm just asking for too much, right, right. But then as a little girl, like I always thought twins were the coolest thing. I always was like, well, I want three kids. I felt that same thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one, I only two pregnancies, right? Because you'd have one and a set of twins and then I'm done. Yeah. You're done. yeah. I remember when we finally went for the first doctor's appointment where it's like, you know, you're going to do the measurements. You're going to see how uh-huh. far along you actually are. And I'm sitting in the waiting room with Jonathan and I don't say this out loud, but I think to myself, what if they find two heartbeats? Hmm. And they do. And his response is, I think we need a bigger car. <laughs> it's such a dad response. <laughs> it really is. And you know, we've never gotten a bigger car. It's, yeah. it's worked Just out. It work. It's been fine. It's been fine. But yeah, like it, it's a, it's a hard place to, to want more kids. Like even now, like I, I will turn 40 on June the 7th this mm-hmm. year. Woo-woo. Yeah. Um, so like, the The clock is ticking. If we want to have more, yeah. But this is what I I'd, I'd always wanted. Like I should mm-hmm. be happy. Mm-hmm. And so many other kids have people want babies and kids need families. Like we have we have other options. Sure. But life is also really hard and full. And I don't know. I I believe that God puts families together. Ultimately the way they're meant to be and it may not be what you ever expected it may family may not look like what you wanted
0: well just like ryan talked about in that in that uh sermon or that message yeah. that he gave at spiritual life conference again go back to youtube and find that yeah here in their story too which sounds kind of similar to yours the way that y'all had tried for so long to you know get pregnant and then were are struggling with that what kind of how frustrated were you, I guess, or were you frustrated, I don't want to put words in your mouth, with that process? You're like, Lord, I'm believing for this. Is there something I'm not doing right? What's what's wrong? Why can't I get pregnant? Like, show me. Show me. I want to know. Like, we're yeah. in your word. Like, you you say you know the desire. Like you said, know mm-hmm. the desire of my heart. This is the desire of my heart. Why is this not happening? You know?
1: Yeah. We're such a microwave society <laughs> that we just, you know, want it done. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I've been around infertility mm-hmm. for a lot of my life. There was a couple in the church I grew up in. Um they tried and tried, couldn't get pregnant. Finally, whatever process, like mm-hmm. they they were able to conceive. I was like nine or ten years old when all this was happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so grew up like they said I was coming over to babysit, but I was really just coming over to play and they had a baby. And so like I was never alone with the baby. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um but so this little boy that I quote, babysat when I was uh-huh. in my teens, So I was around, I was around infertility. I knew about people wanting babies, not being able to have them. Mm-hmm. I, I was aware that there was this debate about adoption, abortion, you know, and like, it always made me sad that like, I, I knew people who wanted babies mm-hmm. and couldn't have them. Yeah. And so it was, it was hard for me to imagine like how, but I, everybody's circumstances are different. Like, I don't, don't want to put any kind of judgment on people who've had to go through those kind of decisions. Yeah. But as a little girl, like I didn't understand how it could ever happen. I don't know. Jonathan's used this phrase before that, like, God, if it's not what your will is, take the desire away. Mm. But then he'll joke that it's twins because I was praying for a baby, he was praying for a baby, and God answered both of us. Hey. So. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Maybe God was preparing you through their story, like the the people that you grew up watching. You saw how they dealt with it. Yeah. Or you, you I'm sure you heard conversations about it. Definitely. Even if it was adults around you talking about, oh, we're just praying mm-hmm. for so and so to get pregnant. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, oh, man, they're really trying or
1: And even with the friend at work, like I can remember like going on a walk by myself more than once and just like praying and crying and telling God, you know, you know, I want a baby, mm-hmm. but give my friend a baby first. Oh, that's good. And he did. Yeah. That was selfless prayer for you. Well, I just, I knew I already had one. If I can have one and need more, want more, whatever, you know, whatever the terminology really needs to be, yeah. desire more babies, Right. then it can wait. My friend can have this desire met in her life and her family's life. No, I'm not selfless and wonderful. I just wanted to take someone along with me for the blessing. And, and we, we did. Maybe I won't but that's a really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 good to see when those things are fulfilled. But when you're in the middle of it, like it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I know people right now who are going through it. Like it's so hard. You don't really want to hear the stories that are the good stories. Yeah. Because when you're in the middle of it, like it hurts so bad. Yeah. And one more negative pregnancy test is just going to, like, I have cried so many tears. Jonathan didn't even want to try for a while. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> You're so sad about this. Yeah. Um, so for the people who are experiencing right now, mm-hmm. God knows what you want. Yeah. God really... I believe, will fulfill those desires. It may not look like what you wanted, mm-hmm. but there's so many stories of victory in this area. We, yeah. We've got another friend from work that they they had a couple of miscarriages, but it was so close to that 20-week mark that for them, it felt like it wasn't really a miscarriage. You know, like they, they named these babies. Mm. There's one that they weren't able to bury because she was – too early.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but they, they did bury the other one. Mm -hmm. So then they, it was really hard, really Mm -hmm. hard, you know, like I can't, I can't imagine what that's like. I haven't had to deal with that. Seeing it is hard enough, you know? So they, they were going to adopt. They were going through the process. They were raising all this money. They were getting ready to adopt and like they'd had the home visit and everything. And then she gets pregnant.
0: Wow.
1: And so she has a baby, and she's beautiful, and she's a blessing, and then they get pregnant again, and they lose one, mm. and then they get pregnant again, and she's born, and she's beautiful and It's just those babies that are lost, yeah even even if if they're not really conceived, you know, like there are so many missed blessings mm-hmm. that we'll never know, yeah. Um, I read a book once by Andy Andrews. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, Name sounds familiar. He's a comedian and he writes books. So it's like The Noticer or The Traveler or something like that. Um, But it's it's basically like this analogy of, um, or this one scene in the book is an analogy, where they're walking through a warehouse and there are just all these things. It's like baby cribs and strollers and, um, like college degrees and stuff. There's just stuff, and uh-huh. so the the character is like, what? What is all of this stuff? And whoever is guiding them is like, well, that's that's where people stop praying for something, and so that blessing just got stored away. Oh wow! And so that's one of the books that I read in the middle of this 10 year struggle. Mm. Um, and it's just like, Hey, don't stop praying. Like God doesn't like, he knows, he knows the desires of our heart, but he wants us to still talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He don't want your kid to stop talking to you just because you know what she's going to say, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I still, like talking to her. <laughs> yeah. You still want to hear, you still want to know. And so God's no different. Like he wants yeah. us to tell him, he wants us to complain. He wants us to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And, and if we stop praying for something, like that, that blessing might just get stored away, and that oh, would be so sad.
0: That's so good too. I, we have a um, a family member that had a miscarriage recently, and I just did not know, like, what what to say to her, or you know, because you, you're not going to say anything that's going to comfort them.
1: Yeah, I don't think there is a right thing to say.
0: Yeah, and so the only thing I could say was like, "I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm here." if you need me, just call me or whatever. But um, yeah, I I don't know how to, I don't, it's hard. I think sometimes we think we have to know, like you just said, you know, what to say and how to walk with somebody through that. And sometimes just being present and just being there, period. You don't have to say anything. Just being there is, is enough. Yeah. You know, anything else that
1: is like sticks out to you about being a mom or. It takes a village. Like if, if you're not, Raising your kids with some kind of family or support or friend group or church, like you have got to get in that kind of community. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got all of it, like that's the best, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But it. But if you don't have some piece of that, find it. I mean, it doesn't have to look the way storybooks make it look. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. TV.
0: Yeah. Pinterest moms.
1: Yeah, no, and it's never, it's never perfect. Like, you know, they show you this beautiful kitchen, but they don't show you like behind the camera, like everything's piled up messy because they had to just shove everything in one side of the room to <laughs> take the pretty It's picture. like when you were
0: walking in the house and I was like, um, this is our house. This is what we lived in. It's yeah. not perfect, but I mean, no. you know, but we're showing up for other things and showing up for people. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree with you more because I know that we have somebody in our small group on Wednesday nights that. Just got a pile of kids, but she's faithful to come. Yeah. Faithful to be there every time the door's open. And then she got her kids involved. Yeah. And she was a new believer when she showed up on a Wednesday night. Really. And we just kinda started loving on her then, didn't really know her story. But the more we spent time with her, you know, just simple things like making a garden or getting her kid to and from wherever. And now recently having to move like god just showed up i mean god put us and, and, and everybody in our small group really in that small group just continues to grow we've been so blessed but bringing the right people together
1: mm-hmm.
0: no matter your circumstance that's right to allow people to love on you where you're at mm-hmm. you don't have to have it all together you don't have to have a fancy car house clothing
1: anything None just of, show up yeah
0: yeah and let you know people just love you
1: and it, it can be a really vulnerable thing to admit that you need help Absolutely. Or that you want somebody to pray with you. Or that mm-hmm. you're having any kind of struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. Nobody
1: wants to admit those kind of things. No. But everybody has them. Oh, yeah. And we relate to each other more when we can connect in those moments of vulnerability. Yeah. And, I mean, I think we grow. Mm-hmm. We grow closer to God. We grow closer to each other and just make us better
0: people. So how can we encourage, because the podcast is called Not About Me, how right. do we encourage moms I feel like a lot of times are not focused on themselves. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, but how do we encourage them to, to pour that that selflessness that we're given? I think it's just a gift. Yeah. Uh, how do we pour that into um, other people too? And then get refreshed ourselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to have something that refreshes and rejuvenates you. You have to have a, a rest. You know, we read about Sabbath it's very important. Very, yeah. Right? Like you have I'm to, learning that the more, the older I get. Yeah, you have to have rest. God did not create the Sabbath for him. He created it for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to have something. And even if, man, you know, the best sa- Sunday afternoon is when we take a nap. Like, they I don't love do it very a good much. Sunday afternoon nap. They don't do it very much anymore. But I love just piling up on the bed with a twin under each arm and Aww. just taking a nap. Like, that's the best. Yeah. Um, but then pouring out the selflessness I think I think you have to remember sometimes I have to remind myself like I prayed for these kids mm-hmm. they're a lot and they're three and they're busy and they're mm-hmm. loud mm-hmm. but we prayed a long time mm-hmm. for them yeah and so like every moment's a blessing
0: mm-hmm.
1: even when it doesn't feel like it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> even when they're screaming their heads off and you want to check yeah. their honeys because yeah they- gone to the bathroom
1: yeah 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 Yeah, but remember that i mean it goes both ways Mm -hmm. like the kids are a blessing to us and we're a blessing to them and it's a relationship that goes both ways Mm -hmm. and i mean it's easier with a 17 year old to have like real conversations obviously yeah Yeah. but it's also getting to the point where she doesn't really want (laughs) to listen so unless i'm talking about the things she wants to talk about and then she's good which may not be things I want to talk about, Uh but it's okay, you know, like Mm -hmm. you just, it takes time. And like you said, showing up and just being there sometimes Mm -hmm. when I, when I get home from work, I mean, I work an hour away from home. Right. So I spend a lot of time in the car when I get home and like, I'm tired of sitting or I just need like five minutes in the bathroom. Like it's okay if that, that's not by myself. Uh-huh. It's okay if they just want me to go stand in the backyard while they jump on the trampoline. Like, yeah, I need to do that more, right? Like, just yeah. be there. Yeah, that's good. But I don't know. You just got to be flexible and uh, be willing to learn. Like, I think that's good advice for anything. Mm-hmm. Just you're learning to love
0: God, you're learning to love your neighbor, and you're trying to teach your kids to do the same yeah. and live a life not about me, right? friends, I hope you found this to be encouraging uh, to hear from Wendy and her honesty and vulnerability and sharing what it was like to be a mom of a teenager and then at the same time managing twin three-year-olds uh, and just walking through fertility issues and cheering on her friends who were struggling with that too uh, and trying to be happy with the one that she has. Lord, I'm just so thankful for uh her sharing that truth. So if you enjoyed this episode, like this episode, like it, comment, share it with a friend. You guys know what to do. You can find us on the Instagram or you can email us at notaboutmepodcast at gmail.com because we would love to hear what God is doing in your life. Join us next time right here on the Not About Me podcast.